0: Welcome to Mornings with Monsters.
1: Good morning,
2: fellow adventurers. Today we have a special monster in our eye. Uh, Prepare your wetsuits, don't touch any mucus, and strap in to learn about the aboleth. Uh, Today we are joined by our normal cast. I'm Alex.
3: I'm Dylan. I'm Melina.
2: And we also have a guest on our show for the first time ever, a close friend and one of our fellow D&D players.
0: And fellow monster enthusiasts.
2: Yes.
1: Thank you for the intro.
2: My name's Aether. So, with that all ready, why don't we unpack this dif- disgusting aberrant creature known as the Abolith?
0: I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm pretty excited for this creepy thing. You guys know one of my favorite things is uh, like comparing th- uh, creatures throughout the editions, and uh, we. Yeah that this is a creature that has been around since one and it never left one edition, second edition, third edition, fourth edition. Every picture is different. They're all a little like every I feel like they've they've adjusted it a little bit through each um rendition of it. I currently I'm a fan of I'm a fan of the fifth edition rendition of this of this eel like Creature with like, I don't know. It's got like three eyes on its head and a and a circular teethy maw. It's it's pretty terrifying, guys. Pretty terrifying.
3: Yeah, the actual body of it gets pretty confusing um, because it does change depending on like I guess the type or just like how innately powerful it's born. Because it will have slightly different organ placements and things like that.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And I um
0: these are um generally deep sea dwelling creatures.
2: Like undersea.
0: Undersea, like where yeah, yeah. yes. I did read something that there's a type that can can fly that's not a sea like it can it essentially like changes itself into a flying thing, but I think that's like super rare occasion and i don't think many adventures has, have ever like come across that type of sounds
2: battle. terrifying
0: i i agree because when i was reading it's like okay they're going to be the the hardest to fight like in their element deep sea you know undersea, all that shit but if they're like near the surface they're not going to be like as hard or at, like as hard of a battle they're going to be like they don't have as much of the advantage but if you like put them in the sky <sighs> I think
3: they're just yeah. super rare in general.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um Absolutely. I was reading like uh one of the top reddits that you find like when you google search abolith 5e is uh someone asks why why is the stat block for the abolith so weak in comparison to their lore? And there were tons of really 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 good DMs answering who were saying like an abolith Is rare and should not be encountered alone or like happened upon you know it should be the very end of an arc where you know your party has already discovered that these things are happening and there's a connection between these things and that connection happens to be an ancient aboleth in the underdark and like you know getting that information will be hard getting to that aboleth will be hard because you know, they don't need to be nasty right. stat blocks.
0: The Underdark is the undersea. The, yeah. The under yeah. So they're not just normally in deep sea. Not normally, but be. like
2: they can that's be. Like,
0: can that's be. what
2: I'm the, saying. Like, a, a lot weird. when so I read that when they or came rare. from the far realm, that most of them, not all, but most of them decided to live in the Underdark.
0: I could imagine that probably. Yeah. Like, I would imagine that the undersea is even less. Traveled than the the deep sea just because you know especially now with the um evolution of D races having like titans and we are blessed by our our dm gods uh, i.e my my other sibling uh my sister and her partner have have given us the ability to to work in the in the sea with with wetsuits and breathing devices so i can imagine like the it's it's a creature people could happen upon yeah or if they chose to live in the deep sea but like i don't think people aren't going into the underdark like willy-nilly let alone the undersea like think about how terrifying the deep sea is think about how terrifying our sea is let alone yeah. a fantasy deep sea let alone a fantasy underdark undersea. Yeah. Terrifying. Absolutely yeah. terrifying. I can't even imagine. But they're
2: the they're also like creatures. they're also the type of creature who I mean, if we want like they are not normal. Like even in comparison to other psionic creatures like the Elithid, they are stacked with psionic power in comparison because they are born completely sentient and like with lifelong memory of their entire species. So like when you're one day old out of an egg and you're an Aboleth, you still remember, like, the dawn of your race.
3: Which is the dawn of time.
2: Yeah, essentially. You know, like, that's insane.
0: Because, so I did read, when Aboleths die, they go back to the elemental plane of water, and then until they find a new body. So I would imagine it's kind of like that, like never, it's they they can live an extremely long time, but in the same sense, they're also immortal. And yeah, so they have,
2: like, a collective mind,
0: sentience,
2: like, you know, that yeah. they come from and return to, essentially.
0: Yeah, not quite as um, hive mind as, like, mind flares yes. are, but yeah. more just, like, you know, you take what you have and, like, once you're dead, it goes back into, like, the collective but also
2: like didn't did you guys read that they can absorb the memories of the things they consume
3: yeah yeah
2: so like any people or adventurers that they might happen upon like animals or anything they get to have those like unique memories as well and that also adds to the collective
3: so the one of the very unique things about aboliths is that they can remember everything that every aboleth has ever remembered essentially and they are quite literally the oldest monster of this type in existence because they were created by whatever god or force created sentient life at the beginning of, you know, time. And, and so so basically, and I, I read this uh, in a couple places, I thought it was super interesting, is that the abolith. Uh, Is the closest to knowing as much about the world as us as players know about the world of D and D, because they have lived through like cataclysmic events and seen the world end multiple times and have lived through it. Um, They also have an existential understanding of all different aspects of life because they get the memories from all these random things that they feed on, and so every time an aboleth eats a sentient creature. It gains its, like, uh, memories, abilities, emotions, and things like, well, maybe not abilities. But um, if you think about every abolith that's ever eaten any kind of sentience, gains that sentience since the beginning of time, and then they all, like, collectively uh, add to this brain. Like, they know the gods. They know everything. Yeah.
0: So I would argue that they actually have the knowledge of the DM, not just your average player. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine like, if they ate something of a hive mind, would they collect all the memories and thoughts of the whole hive?
3: If obviously. that creature had been connected to the hive mind, I would assume so.
0: I would imagine that that has had to have happened because, like, I believe mind flares are like their arch
3: enemies
1: something like that because well,
0: they're one of those creatures that are so similar and they're psionic, but ob- not obviously. We've already talked, they're yeah. like a much higher form of it but like they still are close enough creatures that you think they should mesh but they actually do not well I
2: read that it's because the Aboliths can remember like the time before modern gods and the time before ancient gods but they can't quite place when and where and how the Mind Flayers came about like that's one memory that they don't have and it kind of irks them
3: yeah it's because came about well yeah the the Abolith is the beginning of all things and the mind flare is the end of all things because yeah. the mind flare is never technically invented or like brought into existence because they do
2: it themselves they right they do it
3: themselves yeah mm-hmm. so they like seed themselves in the past so it's like um, no one really knows at what point they were created because they create themselves um, yeah so they're kind of an enigma as far as like the origin of their creation um, but they're also, like, in D&D lore, at the very end of things, they've conquered the universe and then the, everything ends. So that's probably why the Abolith doesn't, Is because they're, like, paradoxical.
2: Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. exact opposites, you know? Yeah.
0: Okay, so the Abolith, Um, as I'm, like, as we're talking about this, Dylan, tell me your thoughts. Are we thinking that this is where the McElroy's create how they started the idea for their uh their song their song jellyfish things.
3: Uh no I think that I think that was like totally just uh Griffin's yeah creative mind. I but think, I could be I wrong. Mean,
0: absolutely but I'm like I feel like Griffin probably like I feel like these are these carry a lot of aspects of the of their that uh creature in their campaign. So I just think that's so cool. I think um, so
3: too. I think that when I first started investigating the abolith, like the first like 10 things i read was like this is like a benevolent creature who like is not necessarily evil and then almost immediately after i was like oh they live in like societies that enslave groups of creatures in the underdark and disfigure them so badly that you can't like there's no way to tell what race they originally came from and they just serve the I, Lots of slavery going on here. Yeah, it's D and D, so they're probably gnomes. Um uh, <laughs> but uh, also, oh yeah, I didn't want to get too far away from it. The stat block doesn't seem that beefy, and there's not really stat blocks for them. But the the one in the mo- the current monster manual of 5e is the weakest of the aboliths. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, in, in my opinion, that's more. like a
2: starter one. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, like
3: the slave. Uh, like the slave driver, the one that enthralls the the creatures to work for the even crazier aboliths who are like yeah. in their lairs doing scientific experiments that would break people's minds.
2: Yeah, I, in wow. in that way, like uh, the abolith stat block to me is like the version that mortals can lay eyes on. You know what I mean? Honestly. Whereas like anything higher than that, and you're getting into like H.P. Lovecraft type of like things where where you can't yeah you you will look at it but you will not come out of there the same and you might want to like consider how badly that could go for you you know like he he might not do anything to you at all but whatever that aboleth is doing will like melt you you know like
0: oh my gosh see this is why this is i'm uh Maybe we shouldn't have chosen abolith. Because now I'm scared of the abolith that I know in my campaign. Well, yeah,
2: I I it's so I funny that,
0: that the same. I know it's not. But like I I, I
2: definitely it. understand and remember where we met that, but now I'm like, that doesn't seem like an abolith. It also know?
3: it also said it was the last of its kind. Um, so it could have lost a lot of that um True. malevolence and just been like like how lonely is it, right? To have the yeah. knowledge that at one point you were the only thing in the world, thriving yes. society, and you have the memories of every single abolith and all of time and existence, and now you know that you're the last one and there's no way for you to reproduce. Oh, there's two, but uh, they can only but reproduce like once every 500 years. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was five. I think it's a long time. Oh.
0: Five years or 500?
3: Five, That's a big difference. I think it it's is. like they only reproduce like five at once every five hundred years. It's super rare. They don't really need to five hundred years isn't that, that long an for an abolition Not abolic. for
2: them. No. Yeah. So when yeah, your lifespan
0: sure. is God knows how long.
3: But then again, they've, the been one, yeah, they've been around since one they've been around since 1E, so their ecology has changed a little That's bit. That's true.
0: Well, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. Like if you've been around since the beginning of time, you're bound to change the environment and the quote-unquote society around you
2: and okay just happens so i've got a question a a theoretical question aboleths gain all of their knowledge when they're born and stuff like that but then you can as an aboleth like go and like swallow a halfling swallow a dark elf or uh, a hook horror, or whatever and you gain on an individual level those memories now do you think those things that they experience over their very long lives start to evolve them enough that like any of their offspring start to come out just a little different?
3: Oh, 100% I would guess. Okay. Uh, uh, oh. <clears throat> <clears throat> well, I think you I think it's a bit cyclical uh just because like you start eating things, you're most likely eating evil sentience considering where it's found right so you're eating a lot of like drow and and like you know other things yeah yeah mostly things with bad intentions and so like you're kind of morphed to that like you have all these gruesome societal structures like ingrained in your memory and then you grow and get stronger and start eating the more like enlightened races like dwarves and elves and humans and so you start to like gain this knowledge of like oh there's maybe like a a a more happy purpose to life but i would say like the more and more and more you eat you kind of get that like ultimate being mindset where it's like nothing really matters
2: yeah so i'm gonna eat like even these even these enlightened races still solve their problems with war, you know what I mean exactly, yeah, yeah, so. so,
3: so at the end of the day, to the average person, they're gonna look evil as fuck because they've they're they're detached, yeah, they're detached they're they yeah. they have the god's it's mindset is, yeah, they have the mindset it's... of a dm and a dm will tpk you, yeah it's Absolutely. <laughs> Some,
2: sometimes that's our only goal, yeah
0: <laughs> you shall not. Anyway. yeah
3: we'll see we'll see we'll see i'm trying <laughs> i'm trying uh try. yeah
2: you try it as hard as you can and i don't know it, anyway, it might happen we're
3: getting close i think like you i, I, us I personally positions.
1: loved as i say i personally loved that la- not last session because i didn't get to it but the one before that where the, you fought that. yeah that was i was like oh, oh it's gonna, gonna happen It's gonna happen. He tried. He tried so hard. (laughs) I was like, "Uh uh-oh, here it comes.
3: Yeah, these guys are all level 16 with crazy enchanted magical items that I came up with, so my fault. But now they're, they're like, getting... All their stat blocks have, like, max HP, and they all have legendary resistances and actions and stuff. Just, it's... We're getting close.
0: For context, you know, in our campaign where... This sibling, Dylan, is our DM. Uh, he just gave us—he overpower I mean, he didn't overpower us, but we are—we are pretty OP.
2: We're very OP, and
0: yeah. especially as like seven level sixteens. So yeah. he does his best to try and TPK us, and it usually means one of us goes down. But to be fair, he downed my character for probably the first time in her existence.
2: Yeah, yeah. So. So, I think I got closer That is a win. Yeah, I got closer to being downed in a real fight, not like a bout or anything, than I've ever been.
3: Yeah, I mean Yeah, you try in 1v1 a uh uh ancient or not even an adult silver. Oh no, regular, but I'm in the real down. the regular the fight. regular fight. Yeah, I mean took me
2: down even further cuz I couldn't mean, quit. I had to keep going.
3: What? What is a late game fight without a couple death saves?
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I utilized—I think I utilized my character f- more fully that session than I ha- ever have because I needed to, you know.
3: Yep, and and so. then f- just so everyone knows, one of the hardest things in the campaign was getting up a hill, or in the session was getting up a a small hill. Yeah, because there was acrobatics checks that needed to be made, and that a really- small hill. He <laughs> it was, says it was, it, was, it was like a sixty-foot cliff, but. Hey, floating in the sky floating in the sky so there was yes a it's okay of, yeah we, we didn't even yeah, have that, to that, mess that, with uh that kind of important yeah, yeah a little bit <laughs> we luckily didn't have to mess around with fall off the edge of a floating island mechanics because no because
2: we had benevolent dragons who were down to like catch us in the middle of the air
3: yeah
2: and i i tested that quite frequently
3: yeah 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 those were luck checks they did
1: yeah frequently. talk about your well, leap of faith <laughs>
0: in uh hearing us do a play-by-play of our D D sessions maybe we'll start a patreon and uh do some of those episodes for you guys but yeah that'd be fun this episode is about Back to
3: the Abbey. Abbey. yes yes okay what kind of experiments do you think they're doing because it says like not necessarily the one that's in the monster manual but the the elder ones are in there doing some kind of crazy experiments that would bend the mind of mortal races
2: yeah, I'm. I'm assuming that they're like trying to unify planes, or uh, trying to like um, create the spark of chaos on the prime material stuff like that, where it's like it could have horrifying, like cataclysmic results. But this is an aboleth, and he needs to know.
3: Yeah,
1: like doing just like doing experiments, trying to figure out like the results, just so he knows what the result.
2: That's literally deep. it, yeah. Like, they don't care what happens. Yeah. They just need to know the information at that point.
3: That's a good point.
1: At that point, they're literally, like, playing God just mm-hmm. to find out.
2: Yeah. Because if it knows, then every other abolith from there on out will know. And, like, it's not like whatever happens is going to kill them. So. True.
3: You know what's crazy is a CR 10 monster with regional effects. What does regional mean? So It's like,
2: like lair. actions it's like
3: layer but much bigger like so much bigger they're not always necessarily things that are like detrimental but they like for example underground surfaces within one mile of the abolish layer are slimy and wet and difficult terrain
2: so yep for a mile
3: for a mile yeah
2: and not and that's not even including their actual layer actions which are fucking terrifying for a cr10 like it can use water if it's near it to attack people in 60 foot radiuses and like cause psychic damage through water. And like, it's, yeah, it's insane.
3: And this is just the lowest level of the. So you imagine like even just 10 of them. Right.
2: Well, I, in my, like, okay, I know that this will happen at the end, but like in my head, it's one Aboleth, but it's like a horde of slaves. You know what I mean? Like, like, the do toughest things that he could find to keep.
0: Do they do experiments on on other Aboliths? Because, like, they could... I don't know. That could be a answer for why there can be such wild differences in, like, appearance or something. Or like, how there's a flying Abolith. Like, they there was some type of experiment done where they were like, okay, well, we're going to, like only give you birds or like flying cr- I don't know. Maybe they went and um, ate
2: a bunch of flump.
3: Maybe. Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: oh oh maybe. no not the
0: flump here on Mornings Monsters.
3: They're lawful evil, so maybe. I was maybe. I was
2: wondering though, like uh because I know that they like sometimes live together. Yeah. I I I would be very curious to see what their like interpersonal relationships are like with other Abiliths. You know, because we know from from doing the elithids that like while they are all hive mind and they they live together, there's always like a part of an Alithid that they try to keep secret to like get up in the ranks over another. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like I mean, ablis. I mean, yeah, it doesn't Abilet. it doesn't seem like they need one. You know what I mean?
3: So I think there's a I think that the ablis don't necessarily have a hive mind i think they just know everything that the other one knows they could probably tell like they can communicate telepathically yeah but but they have to yeah
2: like i I know that it's not like passive info sharing like a hive mind would be but i'm saying like because of their detachment and then and they know other abilates know what like to an extent what they know do they even need that like well, I have to get up over this abolith or do they just see them as like other of their kin and like, it's fine.
3: I would, I, I don't know, but I, I would guess that A, they don't fear death because why would they? Right. So if you have no fear of death and you know that like, no matter what, you'll still be there at the end of the day. And the only thing you fear is mind flayers who are on the far realm, which, you know, you're never going to see unless there's like, you know, di- distorted, like areas in the underdark where the far realm is like intermingling with the material plane i don't think uh i don't think you would care so much about having a higher status because you would literally just have the understanding that if this aboleth has the capability to be better than me then it is better than me and Mm -hmm. it should be doing this and i should be doing this okay so like
2: in my in my head i am like likening Elithids to Slytherins and Aboliths to Ravenclaw. While, like, usually people don't think about Ravenclaw in a bad light, Ravenclaws are the smart people who will literally go to any length to find an answer.
0: Yeah, like,
2: yeah but like, but like the Slytherins are the same, like, because a lot of them are just as equally smart, but they're very selfish about what they know and how they use it and where they're going and how to get there. And uh, it's a rank and file system for them.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't think that they would try to one-up each other either, because why would they need to? Because if A and B, A figures out this, B automatically gets it. You know what I mean? Because since they're all...
2: Well, but one- like we were saying earlier, one-up. it's not a hive mind, so he would actively oh. have to share that information.
1: But I thought you said that once one of them knows it, they all know it. So I, that's
2: It's case. more so like, like- if 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 an Aboleth knows something and learns something and then has a child, like, reproduces, those children <laughs> are born it knowing dies. it, but not the entirety of the race. They still have to talk to each other about that. Okay, I got you now. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's confusing, because it's almost a hive mind. It, but think, I mean, it's yeah. like
2: it's like how we talk at the table. Like, yeah. you know, I, I might have se- telepathically found out a bunch of information, or I might just be, like, speaking to someone a- away from my party, but, like, I get to say, oh, I and I tell my party, and essentially all of that information is passed. Yeah. Now we don't know, but I would assume that Aboleths share information essentially like that when they oh, feel yeah. like it. You yeah. know what I mean?
3: New tagline for Aboleth. the the monster or the PC character of monsters. Yeah. Yeah, uh,
2: and I tell the rest of the party. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> I think it's really interesting because one of the differences in these. The only edition that these creatures are not characterized as aberrations is 4th edition oh. and they're considered magical beasts. And I think they did that because of the intelligence and like I'm like I was I looked it up. I was like what's the what is the main difference? And I think the main difference is that uh magical beasts have like a higher intelligence. Like can have a higher intelligence. So, I think it was just like their way of of like, it could be either, but I think they're too alien of a creature to actually be considered a magical beast.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, I feel like it's kind of an insult to what an Aboleth is to call them any type of beast. Because they are so much more developed than like, you know, even like like a magical warg or uh, an awakened cow or something like that. like yeah you know these things are not in the same realm like at all you no. know even on their base they're not yeah and i i don't
3: can literally stretch down to the end of their tails
2: yeah yeah it's it's fucking nuts
3: hey i'm
0: just telling you what it no that's it's
2: cool weird. i i like that fact it's just w- weird yeah. right that they would do so much of a limiter yeah
0: they went back to Aberration for 5th yeah. edition.
2: I don't blame them for that. I think
3: Everything in key. the Far Realm is an Aberration.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's what I... Yeah. Essentially. It's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's very weird. It's very weird.
3: Well, on but that note, know. guys, uh, we're going to have to take a short break here. Uh, I do feel like this slimy substance all over the floor, uh, and it's just what? like, it's... <laughs> There's like a quarter inch of it, but luckily I have like this little thing. My feet aren't touching it yet, so I'm going to try and clean that up. I'll be right back. Hey guys, it's me, Dylan. Welcome back to the middle of the episode. I know it's been a while, but we thought we would kick off our little resurgence with a very special episode. A huge shout out to Aether. Thank you so much for hanging out and discussing the Aboleth with with us. Um, And remember, guys, if you want to suggest a monster for a a topic of discussion for a future episode, you can reach us at morningswmonsters at gmail.com. Uh, Tell everyone you know to check us out wherever they get their podcasts. Check us out on Instagram, on Facebook, all the places. Leave us a like, follow, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff, um, depending on which platform you choose to listen to us on. And, as always, huge shout-out to at Cake for the amazing cover art for our podcast and everything else. And thank you to at olavas cryptid crafts check them out as well on instagram uh they helped us uh, develop our sticker that you may have found this podcast through uh that's going to do it for me this week i'll let you get back to the rest of the abolith episode and hold on tight because it's a fun one and a scary one all right bye welcome back guys i cannot clean up this mucus it is ethereal it is very strange um but i'll deal with that later i suppose uh but i do uh I, I did think of some questions for you guys on on our break um first one important we're going to really deep dive some uh some really crunchy lore here um if the abolith had a uh day job what do you think it would be ooh
0: it would be a prison guard think I'll so play no, it DMV would be a
3: worker a dmv yeah. worker is good
2: oh. i yes. I picture it as, like, the triple PhD-holding, like, uh, middle manager of, like, a research lab.
3: Very good as well. Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? Like, very capable and very smart, but, like, barely uses its actual mind for that. It just basically tells everybody else to get these jobs done, you know?
3: Yes. <laughs> um, my, uh-huh. my first thought goes uh, right to, like, college professor. Uh, so yeah. it can figure out the smartest students and then eat them in its downtime. Yeah, time?
2: Yep, for sure. Like, uh, oh yeah, you'll spend a year as my teacher's aide and then at the end you'll get an ascension, you know? like
3: Yeah, I need to <laughs> speak to you after class. Ascension. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> you'll become Good. part of my biology and so you will be greater than the sum of your parts.
3: <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, our crunchy lore question. I I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I like that. So uh, everyone's played for a while. How would you uh? How would you kill your entire party with this monster? I got a good one. Go okay.
1: on. Okay. I will. Uh, well, obviously the abaloth is going to be like your big bad or whatever. And I actually discussed this with Alex as well. And the reaction I got out of him was, "That's gross! Ooh." Which means it's perfect, in my opinion, honestly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so my thing is, is, okay, you're in the underdark, you trek through around the undersea and all that, and you come up on this big lair for some whatever reason you're there, and out of the shadows, an abolith with a mind flare on its back come out and just kind of like glide right in front of you. And the fact that they are working together—that te- that would terrify the crap out of me. Yeah,
3: I would not like that. It would
0: be not good.
3: Yeah. I I'm, mean I'm thinking like Matriarch kind of a thing, like where you have like a crazy souped up, like ultimate abolith in the Underdark, who has regional effects that you start seeing as you get closer and closer to it. Um and then you have to like fight off, have a crazy ass battle with like maybe two or three of the standard aboliths. Um, and they're just like the, the first guys you see. And then all of a sudden there's like another group of stronger aboliths, And at the very end, there's just like this crazy, all powerful ancient one that would just totally wipe you. I don't think the party would be expecting more and more and more aboliths. I think they're just strong enough to, to wipe a wipe a slate clean.
2: Yeah. I, uh, would go the insidious route and have my party find an npc that they just like immediately fall in love with and that npc would like guide them to a lot of like really high yield quests like they'd get magical items they'd get a like shit ton of gold or like the favor of a mayor or some shit like that <clears throat> and the trust would start to be built like in implicit levels you know and i would like have the npc tell them of the 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 tale of his homeland, like, uh, like maybe have him be a kobold because everybody loves kobolds, and like tell him how the the clan got wiped out, and like, you know, he hasn't seen his home cave in like 25 years, and like he'd really just love to see it again, and like get the the party to go not only to this this cave, but into it, and forgo long rests, uh, battle. Whatever there is like that's in there um, that is like strong enough that the party's utilizing spell slots, utilizing limited time skills, like basically getting bare like to nothing at the end of it where the NPC leads them to the aboleth who's controlling him and they all just get consumed Ugh. to feed the aboleth's mind
3: three days of hard level encounters into a deadly encounter with no spell slots Ugh. yeah
2: pretty much and exhaustion because and like exhaustion. you know you got i would have i would probably make the party roll to trust for like well do you guys want to forgo a long rest he says it should be fine you know what i mean like Uh, And then you're taking
3: max damage on everything because you're failing all your saving throws. Ugh.
2: Yep, and you have you have disadvantage on your attack rolls, and and everything's
3: difficult terrain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So your speed's halved. Ugh.
2: Yep. That's mean. And like there would be the signs, like there'd be mucus and shit.
0: Yeah. See, that's the thing. I'm like, you have to, for me as a player, to not just be mad at you as a person. Yeah. Like, I would have to be, like, it would have... There would have to be ways out. There would have to be a way to win.
2: you could... You could just take a long rest. You know what I mean? Like, there's not...
0: But, like, if it's... If it's purely you not actually doing checks, you just trusting the DM and not, like... And be, like, not... Yeah. Not checking on your NPC and being, like, oh... Is this person actually trustworthy, or, is yeah. they, or are they just like a farce? Yeah. Because like that shit happens.
3: Gotta do those um, insight checks.
2: Yeah, and, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, like it, like, it's a it's an encounter in my opinion that goes further than your normal D and D encounter because this is a boss that should not be fought straightforward. It should not be a, a test of brawn. It should literally test your players at the table in how well they know how to play the game.
3: Yep, You know, yeah.
2: how well, how much like, they're willing to test and prod and poke and see just what's going on. You know,
0: it's similar to like when Dylan threw the black pudding at us when we were in a cave and he's like, he, he literally told us at a certain point, like, you're not supposed to fight it.
2: Yeah, you can't win. Sorry.
0: This is this is a no win scenario. Uh, you have to on. get out of situation. The- I didn't, you
3: didn't say, say that. that it was unfightable. I said that no, it's hit no, point maximum was. Uh, absurd. He
0: told us the interpretation, yeah, he did. which at the time was was a clear like if you're smart, not this is this is not what he said. This is,
2: what is your how interpretation. I what he said,
0: if you're a smart player, you will not fight this thing, and you will use all of everything you can to you escape the, the scenario. It yep. was a yeah. tidal wave of the-
3: black pudding.
2: Yeah,
0: Absolutely. I mean, well, I essentially like, yeah, I did the same like, thing with you guys. Yeah. yeah,
2: I did the same thing with you guys it's like recently in the Feywild with the water elemental. You know, level twos yeah, you yeah. should yeah, not you fight an, a water elemental straight up. Yeah. You guys should not do that, you know. But
3: we, we could have killed it, but
2: you could have, you but could I have died yep.
3: immediately before I yep. could do anything. So, yeah, you right died, Diggs
2: died. Uh, Melina, did you go down?
3: I don't know,
0: probably. I, I know, I Tony.
2: Tony was not, was like one of the only ones who didn't go down. Yeah.
3: He because up. he
1: just shelled up.
0: <laughs> yeah. I might have I been think, alive, but no. I'm a very cautious player.
1: True. I don't think Castiel went down.
2: Oh, John went he. down. John went That's down. What it was. John went, went down, down hard, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, think, I think this is a perfect monster to really, to really like show your characters that there's out of the box ways of playing. And yeah. uh, that even though everything doesn't have to be this complicated just to get through, you can still utilize these skills to maybe get bonus information or something you wouldn't have found or a quest or something like this. And like a fight like this really opens their eyes to what they can use and should use to, to fight something like this.
3: Oh, I was just going to say, Aboliths are so far down in the Underdark that the Drow consider it too deep. Yeah. So if you're going that far down and expecting it not to be a fucking heavy a like, slog, fest yeah, and literally yeah. like a slog through all sorts of, you're gonna have to test everything. If you're not expecting that,
0: I think I know what I would do. I would lure half the party, whether with like my psychon- my psionic abilities or with like a uh whatever it is like a creature or the the promise of a battle or the promise of a whatever the fuck i try and like lure half of the half of them somehow get my slime in their mouths uh <laughs> turn them turn them into to slimy abalith creature things and get them under my my control um and then I'd make them fight each other to the death.
3: Oh God! Oh Jesus! That's brutal! Wow, course, Melina,
0: take their healer. That's
3: pretty dark.
2: Firstly, firstly, that you you would split the party is hilarious because like you're you hate That's when parties split. split. Yeah, when you when hate when split parties split. <laughs> so many times I've heard you say, "Don't split the party."
3: We're literally Look. like walking through a village, and I'm like. I want to go get the, to go to this cake shop and the other party. Okay, we're all going to the cake shop. Yeah, it's like, well, I want to go get a, a dress at this clothing shop, but we're not splitting the party. It's like, you're, you're in a town. <laughs> you could say Melina's a little traumatized from... <laughs>
0: like six players in each campaign i don't feel as bad about splitting the party yeah Yeah. when there was only like four of us i'm like we're not splitting the goddamn party guys yeah
3: like you get shanked in the the dress store everyone roll initiative you guys are 300 feet away
2: yeah exactly
1: the first (laughs) first six rounds is just dashes you know Oh, my biggest question is: I just want to look at her and be like, "What did your DM do to you?" I, that's Are what you I'm kidding? saying. Like, we haven't done anything like, to deserve this.
0: Like, wow. No, I think it's um, it's it's trauma from Taz. It's, wow. it's it's built in for me from the Adventure Zone and listening to that because it was because it's it's three players. So like, anytime Ooh, they split the party, God. it was
3: bad. that's
2: detrimental.
0: And, so like, my brain is just like, don't split the party.
2: Like at least in the, in the witch light
0: in like one E or like one and a half, whatever the fuck it was, you know, advanced edition. Fuck. You know, beginning of D and D times. Um, yeah, they were, even though we had like, you know, five, six players, they were always very adamant. Like every time we went to split the party, they, they would always make it harder on us. Like, so I do think, you know, as much as it's Taz, it's also like my first DM was a little bit like, uh, He was very old school and I loved that. So I'm just like, no, we're not we're not splitting no parties. But if I'm the bad guy, I'll fucking split your party. Hell yeah. yeah.
2: I mean that sounds like an awesome uh way to get TPK to be honest. Like I would very much have fun as a player killing
1: my party members. Like that would be cool. And then and then the whole fact of turning them using the slime and yeah getting them to ingest it. It's just like
2: yeah, because you know you don't have to like yeah. you don't have to eat it, right? Like they just have to touch it.
0: I know, yeah. but I want them to. eat
2: like like here's here's what she needed, but she just went. She's so just like, no, I'm gonna make sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Yup. And yeah, That's- it's fucked up. I mean, you're making con saves. No matter what, if you're okay. in melee range, yeah. and then if yep. you are affected, oh, yeah. you can only breathe underwater, you can no yeah. longer breathe air.
0: Yeah, and
2: you From take what? uh six acid damage average every 10 minutes, that you, unless you like get moistened or something, yeah. And like that yeah. sucks, man. Like, so somebody was, or you I will have to use reading
1: that. it. But see, I was even reading that that disease is actually a specialty disease, and that only could be cured by like, higher level healing. Yep. Yeah, Creator heal or another 6th level uh, spell.
2: Yeah. Crazy. Which is... It's funny because, F- like... 6th
0: yeah. level or higher. Who, my character who's a healer, I don't even fucking... I keep one first level heal on me, and all the other heals I keep on me are, like, 6th level and higher. I mean, and I
2: don't, don't like, blame you. you
3: wonder if you well. could do... If it yeah. would count if you use, like, a heal spell, but upcast it. Maybe.
2: If it... <clears throat> if heal like if it's an actual heal yeah you it says that heal or another six level like remove curse uh, or something yeah uh uh-huh so like basically like heal will work and i don't even think you have to upcast it Oh okay uh but like if you try other things that are not heal it has to be a six level spell or higher
3: yeah i would be super mean i'd be like greater restoration you have to get uh a wish spell uh yeah, you know something. You
2: have to like make a pact and yeah. cross class as a warlock. Yeah, kill you yourself know.
3: and then revivify.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> so would Leia hands work like- on it? No,
2: no.
3: no.
0: Hands is is uh, not. It's
2: basic. It's basic disease. But
3: paladins and yeah, paladins that's- would it says be
1: immune to cure it. any disease. That's the thing. Mm.
3: Uh, I don't know. Yes. Well, that's not.
0: A higher I think it's a DM level choice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Or a DM choice. Yeah. I would say no. I would say you'd have to do extra steps to let that work. Like I would make rules, certain uh, things. what are the
0: rules on lay on hands? Like if you He's, can lay on bad. hands more than once a day, then it's like yeah, okay. Well if you want to lay on hands to cure this disease then you can't lay on hands for three days.
2: Yeah that's essentially what I would do. Or I would like have them do like a three day like uh Like a three-day kind of...
0: You have to take damage.
1: Yeah. Or take exhaustion, because you're going to be focusing that much on it.
2: Yeah, or I would make you do, like, especially since you're a paladin, I'd do, like, three days of, like, service quests. You don't have to do it, but if you do, it's going to be fucking boring and tedious for you, but you'll be able to do your lay on hands for a removal. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, looking at the exact wording of lay on hands, I might allow it. Yeah. Cuz only because I don't think I I don't know if most people would think of it right away.
2: I agree. I I agree. We play BG3 and so like you get levels of lay on hands and so like you can do like the lowest amount of health back, um the max amount of health back or use all of your lay on hands and take away a, like a disease.
3: Yeah. Yeah. In in 5E it's uh it costs 5 hit points of the lay on hands pool to cure a disease or neutralize a poison.
2: Oh, I would take it all if it was to be.
3: Yeah, I'd probably do something.
1: I would make them take it
2: all. Yeah, for sure. Them, and me. I like, like Melina's thought about three days worth of it too, because like I, th- I really do yeah. think that it could be that much. Like
0: almost like you lay you do the lay on hands, and then like something in the slime and the psionic abilities blocks you for like it. Like I don't. There's like oh a, well, a,
3: you know what I would do. It's it. You have to roll a D four to see how many hours the diseases take to affect. I would say roll a D four, and for every and then like for every roll the number, for every is ten like minutes, twenty hit points of lay on hands you have to spend.
2: Yeah, because like it because that does do a specific amount of damage. it's you yeah. know like if you're if you're diseased for four hours, that's what uh six times four twenty four. Like times that you'll take the 3d6,
3: yeah, cool. just something like uh, that. Make them spend more yeah. than five, uh huh. That'd be fun, yeah. but also leave yep. it up to a roll to that see that how really much. Is... I don't know, yeah. I kind of
1: do like your idea though about the three days of basically restitution because, yeah, the enslaved trait of that is a three day thing. Oh, yeah, that's true. oh,
2: that's a good idea, yeah, yeah. that's it's really it's good,
0: almost, yeah. You're, like, saving them and taking on, like, instead of, like, exhaustion for three days, which would be very brutal. It would be
2: brutal. Like, that would be brutal.
0: I, and I guess, especially if you're the only healer in the party, it would be brutal to not have your lay on hands, too.
2: <clears throat> I think but. I would I would do the three days, but I would up it a little bit. Every day, the paladin needs to make a charisma check. And yeah. if he doesn't pass that charisma check, then it adds another day to how many times he has to lay on hands to remove this curse. They won't take Damn. the other person who has the curse won't take the damage, but it will extend that, that like threshold until he can pass three charisma checks in a row and lay on hands successfully. Oh you know what I mean? Cause, cause you're, you're not just dealing with damage. You're not just dealing with like a simple yeah.
0: curse. We're you're dealing with
2: something that's like enslaving you and changing your body. It
0: as like three days of constant, like, laying on hands to like essentially yep yep so you just like constantly working at this i like that i like
1: yeah yeah i think
0: that those are like very those are two very solid ways of dealing with um and make a map
1: like on a cloister or something that
0: We'll never have to that. hand.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm sitting here thinking is like I really hope we never run into an Yeah, same. I mean that, it, that's it's, what i gathered from this whole yeah. Thing. I don't wanna especially all,
2: under though. the DMs that we that we play yeah. under. I'm not really
1: looking forward to that. Yeah, you know? I'll, I'll uh, make a no,
3: meme.
1: Yeah. My first my first yeah. text to Alex after researching this thing is it was literally these things are terrible.
3: Terrible. Yep, terrifying. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I know, and I've already had a conversation with one, and now I'm like,
3: uh uh-huh. Yeah, well. maybe we
2: can get it to work with us, though. Maybe. We are I kind know, of I, weird.
3: Like, where Stampy's there, I'm there, and paladins have to be hey, the best class to deal with that.
0: I've already built a bond with this creature. Yeah. I'm just
2: saying, he's got a god shard, it so it it, like,
1: or did it make you think I you built the word. bond?
2: You, but can you charm things like he can? Okay, that's the only reason, that's what I meant. Like, is he can like, if all else fails and we need to like shit in a bucket, we have Stampy's shard to charm this thing permanently.
3: Yeah, Yeah. like. It's our fail safe.
0: We're doing the abolith a favor by helping it reunite with the only other living Aboleth. It's true. So I think we have it on our side.
2: But it could also be like, these guys are capable and smart and kind. I'm going to eat them. You know or I'm going I'm gonna use so, them and he, then I'm gonna eat
0: them. Mm-hmm. My hope is that he is still with us when eventually I have a feeling that I mean why else would they give us wetsuits? We've only been down to once. like the seafloor once. Yeah. But I'm like I have a feeling we're gonna end up dealing with tri or er, er, Tritons more and yeah. like being in underwater areas. So I'm like maybe we'll have an underwater Buddy, hey, we, that would be kind
2: of cool. Yeah, hey, we have been fucking around we with we sea say. monsters down there too. So
3: we'll just get our uh, T Rex rebreather. there. Um, okay, gosh. <laughs> let's let's move on.
1: Uh would be able to swim. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: we got uh, we got just enough time for everyone's favorite question, at least mine. Um, how would you like to see them used in gameplay or media? How would you like to? You know, use these guys in a campaign. How would you not have like to see them?
1: Yes, I how have ha- seen them in gameplay.
3: Yeah, where? You? I, I just. Uh,
0: I don't play video games. I don't. I don't know where they would have, like, what first, games they would have been in.
3: Not yeah, not where, but game. how would you use them? Or where? Oh, no, okay. I know
0: how. Okay. Absolutely, I was just curious. I'm like, have they even ever been used in
3: game? Yeah, play? I don't know,
0: but. Sing. In D and D, but hey, Avery says yes. So
1: yeah, I mean, other than D, yeah, it's a total different game. Honestly, that's okay. Wow, right?
3: Hope...
1: Yeah. Was yeah. there
3: is there aboliths in WoW?
1: Um, or something recently similar? But they use they use them as a mount. I mean, that's uh... like when I saw the, when I saw the pictures, and then I saw what the abolith really was. That was the first thing that popped in my mind. I'm like, oh, that's an abolith. Mm. I mean. It's extremely close. Yeah,
0: interesting.
2: I think I would like to see a movie like where you know how we're all into the like Meg and like <laughs> uh, Deep Blue Sea. Like, I think it would really actually be a very cool horror movie to have an abolith. Like,
3: you but see you that. see a
2: bunch of like seamen go out like on a on a ship like a fishing boat, and like you know only one of them comes back. But he just he's all he has to say is that like everybody would like, just found some place to leave, like, stay. Like, they just didn't come back because they found somebody or some place to be happy or whatever. It's this movie about getting the fishermen to, like, grab a bunch of tourists and, like, take them on, like, a yacht. You know, the last thing that they see is this maw open up. And then the fisherman comes back and he's like, yeah uh we they the the people all found an island and they really liked it there and so they just stayed and they didn't want to come back so i just came back by myself because you know i got family to see and all that and like all the while he's just like basically feeding this abolith slowly like through coercion because he he's the only one who survived because he's like the smartest and most capable like Uh. sailor and so the abolith kept him as a slave
0: he's like i'll bring you food if you let me live
2: It'd be great. I think it would yeah. be fun because then you, I would make it so like you don't see it until like the very end, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, a, in comparison to the boat, it's like, you know, hundreds of times bigger. It's just like
3: you see it, one tooth and it's the like same that, size. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that
1: hole down by like Mexico where the yes. people swim over. Yeah. See, oh, I, yeah, I couldn't even do that, <laughs> let alone no. see that thing. Like, that's, that's the mall that of Diablo.
0: Yep.
3: Love. Yep terrifying.
0: Um I think that they should uh cuz I'm still hoping that they do a series of of D&D movies because I think that it was just so much fun it was and amazing. the more people who like have watched it since it's come out on streaming, I feel like have loved it and like are not even D&D people and they don't yeah. and I'm like constantly telling people like you don't have to know D to watch this movie it's just fun high fantasy i'd like to see them do some do some uh dealings with you know water serpents and abolis and uh, eldritch horrors and, of
3: the deep yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: That crazy shit like that and i'm not necessarily even saying like the, the this party of of right. people necessarily but even so like you know um we saw them get on a boat and perhaps sail, so it could be possible. Yeah. Uh, could be interesting.
2: Yeah, it would be fun and because it's cool. they're it's I mean, just from the first movie, if they kept the tone, it's it's like a very light and fun you're supposed to be watching a party of real people play a D campaign. And like it would be interesting to watch all of that like light, fun things and they're on a like a pirate boat and they're like ready to have like pirate adventures and then all of a sudden the like Tone just goes real dark gray tones and like mysticism and stuff like that.
0: Water turns yeah, yeah, I think that would be very interesting. I can see that being
1: the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie, honestly. (laughs) That's a good one, that would be a good one, yeah.
3: All right, I I mean,
1: probably watch that one, yeah,
3: I would for sure watch that.
0: It would, that would have, I would too.
3: All right, I got one late game. Arc, right? Okay. Party of adventurers meets a super creepy, like distorted, maybe like wood elf, like at a tavern, Ooh. who like is just like golem esque. Like you can tell he's really, really old. Um, uh, and he is just like desperate for help, and so like investigation checks whatever you find out this guy is telling the truth and he just really needs help he takes you down into the underdark to meet an aboleth and the aboleth isn't aggressive but the aboleth wants to uh it's been doing all these experiments but it needs a strong party to help it uh and essentially goes uh i don't know i guess forward or backwards in time uh to the far realms where the abolith are facing off at, against the mind flares for like the eternal struggle to like make sure that the mind flares aren't reseeded again and that the aboliths can like let the universe end or something like that and just like this total mind bending war of flying and floating aboliths and the far realms against armies of mind flares lots of like Late, late game abilities being thrown around and crazy eldritch tentacle monsters everywhere in space. Uh, yeah, that's what I would do. That sounds horrifying.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just sitting there it thinking, oh, funny. this is the beginning and the end are literally fighting yeah, each other. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
3: Absolutely. I want to see that conflict just, like, come to a fucking smash with a, a group of level 16... Uh, <laughs> Characters thrown in the mix.
0: Don't say
3: that. So
0: I swear to God, Dylan.
3: You're not if going to You throw an aboleth at us. Uh, That's funny. Well, you know, you might, if you go to the Underdark again, which is a mutated version of the Underdark in my world, who knows? Don't... Depends on how deep you go. Even... <laughs> but if you run into an aboleth, it ain't going to be the regular 5e aboleth. I'll tell you that. I'm gonna make it way worse.
2: Yeah, I'm. I don't oh, yeah. see it being that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I see an aboleth in your campaign, I'm terrified. I mean, well, I, I see anything in his dog. campaign. I would I'm run terrified. out of
1: wherever. Would run out of wherever that was quicker than we did that red dragon and Tony's campaign. True. True. All oh right.
3: Gosh, I can't. Uh, I can't imagine <laughs> either. You got anything? Any uh, yeah. way you'd use them?
1: I was actually well, based off like movie wise, I would go like old school Godzilla. Oh, cool. oh cool. just because I'm a Godzilla fan through and through. Yeah, but I I would do something like that. It'd be corny as all hell. You like the little buildings getting knocked over by psionic waves and people being that a would be cool. Out out. <laughs> but yeah, I would do something like that. But uh, video game wise. I was thinking like of uh, kind of like a God of War type thing. Like you have to fight this ginormous abeloth. Honestly, like you have to scale up it, actually go inside <laughs> it to kill it, and all that crap. That would be cool. I just, think, I just think that would be an awesome like if somebody could do that. Like like I said with there like the God many. of War, exactly. Like you got to take precautions to be able to do this stuff. Please. But
0: precautions.
1: Mm-hmm. It'd be neat. Absolutely, think-
0: that'd be interesting.
1: Epic. That or have something uh, where they have different vari- variants of an abolith. I like that like, because f- they have the flying. So what's to say there's not more? Big fan like a blood of... abelith. Instead of it swimming in pools of water, it swims in
3: pools of blood. Jesus Christ! Or lava. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or lava. So lava.
0: If there's if an if Aboleth's, like they come from the the like water the plane of water elemental like The elemental plane of water, there's also the one that flies, so it's like that one would have to have something to do with air. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, could we make elemental aboliths off all yeah. of them?
2: Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, do c- do aboliths at some point eat elementals? You know what I mean? Can and they, they? Like sure
1: evolve themselves into that? I don't know why they yeah, work. it's one of those uh, experiences.
3: Yeah, exactly. to figure out yeah. how to eat elementals probably.
1: That that
2: sounds amazing. You know what I mean? I feel um, like terrifying.
3: Be, it really says
0: something about the element water that they were the beginning.
3: That's true. Um I I it's one of the base uh elemental planes. Um Yeah. Cuz what it gets it gets really complicated cuz there's like water, air, fire, earth and then you have like magma Marsh, ice, and smoke, and then it gets real crazy with like lightning, vacuum, ash, dust, salt. Yeah, yeah, it gets really. And then there's even like even crazier ones like the. There's the a elemental... salt plane. Yeah, the there's like a elemental plane of ooze.
2: Cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: that and those are all like sub places, but yeah, it Please would be, send like... us there. Yeah. <laughs> i thought about it uh air water earth and fire yeah so it is one of the main four that would have been in existence i'm assuming that like the elemental planes were probably created before the material plane and then the Feywild, wild and then yeah poof, branches out into you know uppers and lowers and far realm stuff you, like that. i'm assuming it bad.
1: needed that yeah, could you that imagine an aboleth consuming a modron and then turning mechanical?
2: Mm, if it I would be more per- worried about its order. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. already lawful evil, right?
3: Yes. yes.
2: Well, according yeah. to five e, that's terrifying oh. to think about. E- it eating a, a lawful. Oh, there's good. a
3: good one. All lawful neutral. Sorry. Just,
1: yeah. <laughs> I just gave yeah. him an idea.
3: Yeah, what <laughs> if it? What if an aboleth ate? Somehow, a super ancient Aboleth ate the uh, what is the the god of the modrons? Like- the single oh god,
1: the prime yeah. modron prime. Yeah, what Model if it prime ate that, that,
3: which has like and also has like a existential understanding of the fabric of time?
2: Oh god,
3: like it would be uh, un- unstoppable.
2: It would be unstoppable
3: because <laughs> it would be able to reorder the the worlds at a like fundamental level however it would want to that
2: reminds me of like um you remember gods of egypt the movie okay so so, like you you go into like from like the pyramids like the gods could go up into space to like see raw he was fighting the dark, the blackness, this monster that consumes like space and time and reality and all of that. I could definitely see there being like a God level arc of this elder, crazy fucking Aboleth who finally was able to consume the prime Modron and then just starts working its way like through planes, like plane by plane consuming them to become like reality, not to change it, not to make it in its image, but to become it, so that it knows reality, like in its ex- entirety.
1: Now, like with the, like in the Green Lantern movie, where the what was the bad guy? He was like taking over part of the universe and all that mm. stuff. Yeah. And if that was like an Abilith, like that m- red mist just going out across the universe, and yep. it was literally Terrifying. just an Abilith doing yep. that. Or like
2: the uh, the bad guy from the Fifth Element. You know what I mean? Like the the like planetary sentience okay. that just starts to like oh, yeah. take over things. You know, yeah.
3: the Ebalist figure out it figures out how to change its physical form into just like a void monster. And yeah, eat, and exactly. That's yeah, scary.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if it consumes to gain knowledge, specifically, like I would love to see one that got to a point where it's eaten gods. It's eaten, you know like the most ancient of dragons it's eaten the core of an of an earth you know what i mean like now it wants to consume planes because it can
3: uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right um this terrifying. uh this uh thick fog is is really just filling up it's my eyes are starting to water guys Uh-oh. i might have to sign off here um
2: can you, bre- can, you can you still know? breathe okay
3: I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been talking through this glass of water that I've been chugging the whole time. Yeah. For the last little bit. Yeah. I don't know why. I just have this need for water. Um, Okay. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Don't forget. See if you survive. Yeah. Don't make your dump stack constitution, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Monsters uh this has been a fun one thank you either for joining us today yes definitely Super yeah, thank, thank you for having me you got it anytime uh i'm dylan i'm alex i'm alina and we'll see you next time
0: later